Sophie James and welcome to the new podcast Dumpster Diving Intellectuals under the Elevated Garbage umbrella. If you are hearing this the sound of my voice, no you have not passed on. I am back and I honestly as I'm sitting here recording, I would have never in a million years like if someone would have told me last year around September, November, December, even even up until March, if you would have told me that I would have allowed myself to volunteer to enter the void and the dark, cold abyss that is media, entertainment, uh, social media, having a presence um, that is ripe and uh, vulnerable to just bored, inept trolls to just find any reason to attack you, I would have punched you in the throat because why would I do that to myself? When I started Unpaid Emotional Labor, I felt like it was something beyond, I felt like I didn't have a choice around summer 2020 like my anger to what i was seeing play out on the global stage nationally and around my sphere of influence certain personal things i was going through at the time i think my anger delirium and quarantine brain was acting on a mind of its own like beyond my anxieties beyond fear and and all those things i think those elements were just louder voices and impulses at the time. And so when I just would blast my unhinged, you know, comments, uh, particularly regarding to Bachelor Nation, like I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, clearly I would, I probably, if memory serves me correct, I would constantly say, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I would just record and post things, um, no editing, no, uh, my marketing style was very guerrilla style. It was, just, it was just, hey, I had insomnia and I was able to do this and here it is. Like with no plan, with no structure. But even beyond all of that, it still resonated with you all. It still connected with you all. And I think throughout, you know, these two, oh no, God, three years. Wow, wow, wow. Throughout these three years, I do feel like I started to find my way. I started to find my voice. I started to, um, not I started to, like from trial and error and from certain key situations, I kind of learned who I am in this space. Um, But burnout is real. And when you go through a hump of getting death threats and severe violent racist threats, and you have an idea of, let me just, you know, uh, let me just uh, sparse out the division of labor and let me get a co-host thinking you're acting on good faith, thinking your instincts are correct. But, you know, with that whole situation, with that fraud, um, 
on the West Coast, I what I will say is I'm happy that even though I didn't know what I was doing, the core tenets of who I am, of my character, was the through line to where if there was any hiccups, if I placed boundaries, you guys always respected that. If I um, gave, if I changed my mind, you guys respected that. If I say, hey, I'm shuddering up in emotional labor, psych, I now have a co-host and it's this new rebranded style and you know, this is what it's going to be. Oh, psych, this is dead. Like, no more unpaid emotional labor. My mental health is more important. You guys were there too, just zing when I was zagging and, you know, pivoting with me. And I don't think, I don't think I've allowed myself to process how much that means to me or how much that has meant to me. I honestly think that it was largely that that made me feel safe to be inspired again and just kind of where my heart was at and where my mental state was at around April when I started, you know, letting my thoughts kind of run. And I was like, no, hell no, I'm not going to go back into that space. And then obviously by May, the first three weeks, um, I shared it out loud with a friend, with Victoria, shout out my future um, brand strategist. And I knew once the words left my mouth that I'm going to go into this. But again, I don't think I would have gotten there if it wasn't from your support, if it wasn't from your love, if it wasn't from uh, the reciprocated vulnerability of what you all shared with me. And just honestly, like, love. Like, I know that my dark, cold heart that's jaded by everything in this world you know, hates it when I allow myself to feel (laughs) anything. But no, I'm like, so serious. Like, I don't think I would have allowed myself to be inspired and allow myself to say, what if you opened this piece of yourself again? And what would come out if it wasn't for for your support? Like, I, I'm not gonna cry. And, uh, I mean that seriously like we built this community together from scratch I learned so much from you guys hopefully you've learned so much from me and we've laughed throughout like collectively pretty like three severely gnarly years and you know it's gonna get better before it gets worse if I mean it's gonna get worse before it gets better and that's if it gets better um but hopefully this community has served as this um a bon- or a sal- a warming salve it's it's served as a safe space to unload it a safe space to unravel while so much that's not in our control um is just yeah just uh just really brutal and traumatic. Um, never mind what's going on in our own personal lives. So I couldn't start the season premiere of this new iteration um, of unpaid emotional labor. I mean, I can't, I really can't talk shit about unpaid emotional labor. Um, I can't conflate what was going on around that time with the original concept of it. But I do like that from Charlotte Aaron, what I've learned and things I had to let go, people I had to let go, 
um, concepts or, you know, you know, things that I thought would work, but, you know, didn't really land and, or wasn't truly me. I like that I can restructure unpaid emotional labor to be the arm of elevated garbage that will produce the, the, the highbrow, obviously it's the elevated and elevated garbage, but I really, the reason why I created or I named Elevated Garbage a media company, because I really do, like I wanted to be an incubator of safe, ethical, vetted, like actually intellectual, not intellectualized, you know, the performative sense of, you know, being smart, but it's just a lot of people with power saying a whole lot of nothing. Like, I really do want this to morph into a trusted source, a, a, uh, the light on, you know, for folks to where they're like, oh, there's actually a community that's been, uh, doing this for a while and there's respect, there's, um, democratized education, there's open information sharing, um, there's, a posture of humility, folks come in with the disposition to want to learn um, and teach in 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 loving ways, um, but also with integrity and authenticity and vulnerability and transparency. Like it's not a place, I think one thing about cancel culture, because what the, the original concept of cancel culture meaning, which was really accountability, but they had to give it a catchy name, um, which totally bastardized the original concept, but that's, you know, thoughts for another episode. But the whole premise of cancel culture was accountability. And you can't have accountability without vulnerability. You can't have accountability without compassion. You can't have accountability without grace. You can't have accountability without honesty and like visceral honesty, right? Like, allowing yourself to to basically pivot from the amount of energy it takes for you to be a fraud, the amount of energy it takes for you to lie and to keep up the lie and to lie about the lie to make sure that your lies are all lying, um, the amount of energy it takes to be predatory, the amount of energy it takes to be problematic, toxic, and and see, hey, what if I actually address the thing that communicated to me that I need to be this narcissist or I need to be this chaotic in order to survive. Like, why don't I just look at the wound? Um, and really that's what um, cancel culture, I really feel like that was what its inception was about. But of course, in this society who have, have yet to even acknowledge that racism is real. And I mean, now the 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 kitschy the catchy thing now is to say that slavery was not only not only slavery not real but hypothetically if it was real it actually benefited black people insane i'm not even going to go there that's probably going to be a uh, a piece published out of unpaid emotional labor the intellectual vertical but um again like i think we've moved away from that because we're a society that innately inherently cannot look at their mistakes, cannot take ownership, cannot take accountability. So, um, and so because of that, 
just a lot of interested parties and a lot of louder voices, folks who shouldn't be in power, just took control and politicized the original concept of cancel culture, um, which was simply accountability and justice, right? Like we can't, like it's, it's disturbing and it's disgusting and it's incensing the normality of predatory behavior and the human cost of that. And so I really, I really want Elevated Garbage to be a space that is, the, the heart of it is keeping at the original concept of cancel, canceling folks or what accountability really, really means and how to do that well. Um, and even if you stumble and make mistakes, that there's grace. But then if you keep stumbling three, four, five times, that's a choice, it's a pattern. And then that's when you get, you know, removed. Um, because you can't control, you can only control how you defend yourself. You can only control how you add, no, not defend. You can only control how you advocate for yourself. You can't control if someone wants to actually take what you're saying and give a damn. I mean, that's reductive, but it's, it's true. And so, Elevated garbage will not be a place that's going to try to beat you over the head to to learn something. If you don't want to learn it, that's a personal choice. But we're going to be over here having a good time, learning, loving, caring for each other. And while you're going to be over there by yourself, alone, and dumb as fuck. Like that's, that's, and, and, and I'm not going to have any remorse for that because you're making concerted efforts you're making a conscious choice to be that way and again like talking about compassion I do know that the stubbornness and the unwillingness to face things that is a trauma response for some folks because again it's the the perceived well the actual but also the perceived fallout from if they were to face this thing that they're doing it's it it's debilitating shame and and so I can hold space for that, but I also can't uh, sacrifice my dignity or my sense of safety to enable you to remain in that space. Either you're going to go through life and then life's going to teach you that lesson or you're going to stop yourself and say, okay, I'm going to face this. I mean, the former is more brutal but again, I think with just the lack of compassion, just innate, just in our society and just sociopolitically, how we understand what grace and accountability means, we attribute it to weakness. Um, special shout out to patriarchy and white supremacy for uh, uh, indoctrinating us with that mindset. Um, but we think the, the, the perceived or the hate that we feel for ourselves, we think that once it's live, it'll be times 10 because we're in a society that's just lacking compassion across the board. So I think that also does feed into why we don't, um, it, 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 I, it feeds into why sometimes it's life and it's circumstances and it's the, just the, uh, the sustainability or the probability of when you're problematic, it may be six months, it may be a year, it may be 10 years, but you're going to run out of steam. You're going to run out of, 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 of space and you're going to get knocked on your ass and be forced to face things. 
Um, but again, that's that other person's journey. That's um, whether it's a person or whether it's just societally how we all think, that's their problem. But in this space where we mix highbrow and lowbrow, where we're not ashamed that we can quote the brilliant monologue of season five, episode 15, 16 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Amsterdam. Um, you don't feel shame about that. You can, um, you can recite, you know, political and uh, anthropological and sociological theoretical frameworks, but also understand that you would, you, you feeling great that you can like recite certain um, uh, theoretical practices that has really no bearing on the actual lives of marginalized folks. And it's really just a product of patriarchal white supremacist gatekeeping um, construction of knowledge. And it really has no real bearing on actual life. Um, yeah, we contain multitudes. Multiple things can be true at the same time. And that's really the essence of elevated garbage and the the life or the, um, yeah, that's the life that I want for it. That's the sustainability measures that's going to be at the front. Um, because I think if you start off with this foundation, um, one, it'll be exciting to see what comes from that organically, what it inspires, what it forces others to, you know, folks to confront, what it forces people to create when they stop, you know, thinking, you know, when they stop realizing the fear that they feel is what if this actually does work out? And that sometimes may be scarier than just the um, uh, constant disappointment that we're used to. Um, yeah, just I'm just really excited to see what it's going to just organically produce. But I'm also very committed and very um, intentional in this foundational ethos of it. That's going to be the only thing unchanged. I mean, I obviously, as with all things, pop culture feeding the sociopolitical, sociopolitical feeding the the uh, pop culture i i know terms new terms will be introduced i know we'll have watershed moments in for other different pockets of um minoritized and mar marginalized folks but i think the essence of love compassion honesty ethics vulnerability integrity grace humility deference like those are fixed like that's not that's going to be unmoved um and so, haha, so funny. I just realized like, what the fuck am I talking about? Like some things haven't changed because I know I used to do this shit with unpaid emotional labor. But um, this season premiere is really just to say hello again, but also um, like I just did, just really uh, codify or at least narrate or have it kind of now it's, it's, uh, it's it's released into the ether the true essence of elevated garbage and that's really important to start off but um ultimately we're here to talk about dumpster diving intellectuals 
Um, I'm really excited. I, I feel like there's so many layers, not only to the Elevate Garbage brand, but there's so many layers to dumpster diving intellectuals. Not only is it a perfect visual or, or um, it perfectly operationalized what I want Elevate Garbage to be, but it's also really funny. I, I love that I can't wait to see the merch of, you know, Beyonce has a beehive. I will have dumpster diving intellectuals. And, you know, it's in the name. Like, we love to get in the dumpster and just, like, you know, make trash angels. And, um, but also be very mindful and, 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 you know, pride ourselves on being responsible consumers. Hence, you know, fostering media literacy and, we understand that we need mindless garbage to distract us from the dumpster fire. Actually, well, no, uh, already a new term changed, dumpster boil, that is society. But we also know that we can't just mindlessly consume it, right? Like I can laugh and I can, yeah, laugh till I cry that there are grown women in their 40s who are fighting about whether or not one has a mortgage, but then also knowing that the fight really is based into class insecurity and this idea of being a housewife, it's it's really still like on its head, you're mirroring for survival and it's exposing even more so the lack of rights that women have in society and the different ways that we have to negotiate it. But again, it's now packaged in this reality TV mess with great comedies and some of the best pop culture moments in the last, you know, uh, decade and a half. But again, it's, it's really about us being garbage, smart people and, and, and it be just that and not having to apologize. Um, I remember when I was first thinking about what would now be called elevated garbage, I was like, I, every time I would get a new job and it would be like, you know, tell me a fun fact about you or what's something that's surprising to folks. I would always use the fact that I am seriously a fan and I take the Real Housewives or the Bravo Cinematic Universe seriously as like this fun fact, like basically like that's the punchline. And I'm here to be an activist and say no more, you know, step into the light um find your garbage brethren in arms and uh live unapologetically and you know like we uh the world has its or climate change has its Greta Thunbergs um just general uh human rights um across the board or human rights in umbrella term has its Malala Yousafzai and you know for this pocket of us small minoritized folks who hate being judged that we love garbage, you'll have me and I will have you. We'll have each other. Um, and so I'm, I don't know. I'm just really, really excited. I think there's a lot of fun to be had with dumpster diving intellectuals. There's a lot of freedom to talk shit because we know when we talk shit, we can back it up with receipts. And there's not one person that can ever step to us and tell us, well, what about this? What about that? It's like, no, no, boo-boo. Don't mistake us having fun for us being inept like you or needing to 
go study Fox News and regurgitate what other pundits are saying and not knowing how to construct an original concept of your own. Like get a therapist and get out of my face. Um, so I'm just really excited to, again, like just build this community, build this brand, um, provide a revolutionary aspect of what media consumption should be. Um, and I'm just excited to do that with you all. So get into the brass tacks. So as I've been bombarding you all on Elevated Garbage's Instagram page, um, and as far as social media, I can only monitor like so much. Like I will never get a TikTok. I think I'll get a TikTok once I'm able to have enough capital to hire an assistant and like a social media brand strategist because I will never, I'm sorry y'all, I will never be able to do TikTok on my own. I'm barely getting by with using GarageBand right now. Um, and so for now, it's gonna just be Instagram, Instagram Live, which will feed into YouTube, which will um, be the home of like digital shorts and uh, previews of the podcast. And the new home for my elder millennial meme reactions will be on threads. So I think as far as like having a grasp on media, um, social media is one thing. Um, TV will be the YouTube space. Internet will be the soon-to-be live website. And the Unpaid Emotional Labor arm will be through Substack. And the reason why I decided to do Substack is I honestly just need some type of structure in order just for me to start off unpaid emotional labor to for me to see because I'm going to be rediscovering unpaid emotional labor now that I shuttered its original concept and trying to see what does it look what will this look like in print what will this look like as a digital um a digital print or digital media um, and so I feel like Substack is just a good uh, platform for me to just start and memberships will just be a dollar. Like it's not going to be like I said from jump that I'm going to democratize like the access to this content. It's going to be free. You know, the reason why I was Patreon before and, and I know you all understand because you all supported me for nine months on there um, was because I didn't have any capital to leverage on my likeness. And I didn't know if this, my unhinged angle of, of, you know, marrying intellect with garbage, pop culture, reality TV and film, um, would stick. And fortunately for me, it did. But, um, to just start from zero, I, I just felt like I needed that extra security but again, like through trial and error, I realize it's much more fun. It's much more uh, engaging when you just have it just easily accessible for folks. And uh, and yeah, just, you know, yeah. Like, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm talking in circles. But but for Substack, because again, I'm, I'm going to be recording podcasts. I'm going to be creating digital stuff. I'm going to be writing the scripts for that. I'm... I'm making sure the branding is consistent and the marketing is consistent. I'm going to be networking to get guests. I'm going to creating content for each season. 
um, that's a lot of mental labor. And so then saying, hey, why don't I, you know, start up into like a, a vertical or a blog of some sort. I'm just going to need some security in that sense. So that's why I'm going to have Substack and to get access to everything in unpaid emotional labor. It'll just be a dollar. Um, again, it's, it's just purely for security. Um, so, okay. I've talked about elevated garbage, the, the umbrella brand. I've talked about unpaid emotional labor, how that would look with websites. I'm the two website developers I'm working with. Shout out to Mary and I always, it's my dyslexic ass that always does this. Um, Cause I always feel like I get tripped up if it's Kristen or Kirsten. Kirsten! Shout out to Kirsten and Mary Luter. Um, my website developers who graciously and just so generously traded um, monetary support in the capital campaign to leverage their expertise in web development and web design. So I've been working with them. Special shout out to my editor, Will Griswazo, Instagram at Senorita Wilgris, W-I-L-G-R-I-S, the most amazing human and the most phenomenal editor. I'm so grateful to walk alongside her and work with her. I'm so grateful to work with Kirsten and Mary. I'd also like to give a shout out to Jenny, who, Jenny Wagner, uh, Bay Area, right? You're in San Francisco? Like, would not have the elevated garbage image without her. Like I talking ferocious, not ferociously talking so frenetically with the bout of insomnia on Instagram and the DMS. And she generously offers to help with, you know, branding and imaging. And I say, and I just send her my crazy deranged um, notes from my notes app. And she, uh, what's the term I'm thinking of? Um, it's not internalized. She retained that information and sent me this color board, which uh, you all, uh, I know I posted on my Instagram a while back or a couple months ago. And the font, like she, like I had a picture of what I would like it to look like and she just captured it so perfectly. So all of the font, all of uh, just the branding concept and imaging, like, it was all from her perfectly capturing my unhinged notes. And I'm so grateful for you, Jenny. Who else do I want to give a shout out since clearly I'm doing my in memoriam right now? Um, Kirsten, Mary, Wilgris, Jenny. I want to... Lucy, who... Lucy Bishop out in DC, an amazing, amazing, phenomenal social media strategist getting her feet wet, um, coming off of, um, parental leave and with the, the literally the cutest baby boy. And I know I've, I've talked about my struggles of, do I want kids? Do I not want kids? But like my ovaries did shake a little bit when I saw a picture of her adorable baby, um, kind of getting back into her expertise and building up her network again and clientele. So if you all, so the branding that you're seeing and how, and I know you guys have seen it because there was like eight of you that DM'd me and you're like, holy shit, like I see the vibe. Like it's 
much more organized. I totally get the story you're telling here. All of that came from Miss Lucy who hopped on a Zoom with me and just twice, I believe, and just gave me her expert um, advice. And again, all of this is, is free. Well, well I, I honestly feel like it's not free because it's your intellectual property, but it's it's all capital that I need to, you know, birth this idea. And so I'm just so grateful for you all. And if I forgot anyone, which I, I don't, I haven't eaten today, y'all. Like I'm going through some shit in my personal life with a former employer and dealing with um, sexual harassment and stuff. But again, that's another piece for unpaid emotional labor that I'll write about when my meds level out and I can actually do that um, without going to a fit of rage or visions of destroying my apartment. Um, but to this wonderful community of creators and experts who just, y'all are just so amazing. Like I would not be as far with this package and this idea and concept of um, Elevated Garbage without you all. And to the larger community who've sent financial capital my way that was that allowed me to register this as an LLC. I also used the financial capital to pay um, the registering fees. Um, what else? What else did I use it for? Um, tech. Oh shit, you know I did forget someone. Morgan. Funny thing about Morgan. Morgan is married to, we were all in, basically me, Morgan and her husband, Stanley, were all in this cult together. This severely toxic place. And I know I've referenced it. I definitely have referenced it in my old podcast episodes. Um, and especially when I reference my ex-fiance um, having an affair with a leader that was part of a $1.5 million small church. And so they discredited me by um, sharing or she discredited me by sharing my um, past struggles with mental illness and my childhood trauma to graphic and just horrific details to discredit me once I because she knew that I wanted to expose what was going on and um, so anytime I referenced that time period I was knee deep in that cult um, I will not call it anything else other than a cult they call themselves a church it's a cult um, but Morgan and I, Morgan was, uh, just, I always liked her. I always gravitated towards her. And I know for a fact that any of the times that we met, like it was just, I felt like I'd known her for so long and it was so great to be around her. But I will say I, I interacted and I knew her, I, I think when I knew Stanley, he, I think either just started dating Morgan or I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I, all I, all I say, I, I met Stanley first and then I met Morgan and I was just so obsessed with them together. Um, and even though we haven't been in contact for years, cause I lost my mind, moved to Seattle, came back building my life, you know, brick by brick, uh, at the start of 2015, and by 2016, I left that community altogether. Um, I didn't really see them as much, but Morgan, we found each other on social media, on Instagram, and she sent me a box full of like fucking high tech, like expensive, like this capital, the capital for this tech is 
beyond i don't know how i'll ever repay her but i'm still thinking of ways um and gosh i hope morgan you're not gonna kill me for sharing this but when she said no you can take it because stanley was trying to make beats like he was trying to do a podcast and i'm like oh classic stanley but um so definitely i can't end this episode without thanking you morgan for sending me all this podcast tech granted it's not compatible with my iPad, so I still need some capital to get a laptop. Um, but once I get a laptop, it's over for you hoes. Because um, it's not going to be this grainy Blair Witch Project uh, audio feed. Um, and yes, so Morgan, of course. And then just for every single one of you who is listening right now, every single one of you who follow me, every single one of you that I... We converse like... Granted, I understand parasocial relationships, it, there has to be some sense of boundary, um, which obviously I'm very um, explicit and forthcoming with, with sharing what my capacity is at any given time. Um, but I genuinely do feel like if I converse with you at length, or like, which I do with all of y'all, unless I'm like, uh, I've short-circuited, I'm going through something and all I can manage is emoji or if I can't even, you know, handle emoji reactions, I'll still say I cannot handle emoji reactions. So don't take an don't take offense if I don't respond to you, or if it looks like I left you on red, that's not the case. Um, but I genuinely feel like you are my friends. Like I genuinely feel like if if I have a live show in your city, you come and I say which one of you has been here since day one or follow me, like. I want to shout you out from the audience and like meet you and hug you and and just you know formally meet in person but I feel like I know all of you honestly um so yeah like I would not be here without y'all elevated garbage would not dare to exist without how you all inspire me and how you all care for me and the only way I can repay you is to continue to be my unhinged, authentic self. Um, I even dipped my toe back into the, 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 the cesspool of veneers and gangrene that is the Bachelor franchise for y'all. And it's been really, really amazing getting your notes of gratitude and how you've missed my my um my takes it's just been because that's how it all started so it's just been really cool the last uh few weeks but also the past couple days being very nostalgic with y'all and and just the love that you're sharing with me so okay and now the last kind of brass tacks with so uh with this season premiere i have to explain the structure so to not set myself up for um burnout I will structure the podcast to have seasons and the seasons will be titled towards the theme of the guilty pleasure reform uh uh podcast segment that segment where we just shamelessly talk about the things that maybe we shouldn't be obsessed about but also like just deconstruct it and and see why what's the purpose of that and and again understanding that we are consuming trash but making sure we're still holding ourselves accountability with uh fostering and strengthening our media literacy um so the theme for the seasons will always be what's going to be discussed in the guilty pleasure reform podcast segment but the other segments lobotomy of choice that will 
either that will be more semi-structured. It'll be, you know, a mixture of current events. It will be a mixture of uh, uh, just throwaway shows that I'm watching or, you know, some that I've watched um, in the past that, um, that I just want to talk about. Um, so that will be more of like where week to week, it'll be different. It won't necessarily, it won't be connected to the theme of the, the season. So season one, we're in cinematic universes. So guilty pleasure reform will be tackling one cinematic universe at length. And in the lobotomy of choice, there are some episodes where the lobotomy of choice actually creates the guilty pleasure reform or informs that, which you'll see. I, I believe episode, actually episode three will, no, episode four will be that. Episode four will be a lobotomy of choice that turned into an obsession of mine. And so um, that'll be a really fun episode. I'm excited for y'all to hear that. But, um, but generally, lobotomy of choice will never be tied to the season theme. Um, that'll be where if you guys send me shit that's like, if you accost me, with TLC tidbits or facts or, you know, talking about how Ariana Grande not only has the worst taste in men, but apparently only likes men that are mostly unavailable. And we're going to talk about, you know, a wellness check for her and does she have a therapist or maybe two. Um, so that'll be like just really fun. Um, just, yeah, that'll be semi-structured fun. Then we have the, when I have a guest, the added segments will be the high lowdown, where from our discussion, I'll be thinking of what's a high brow, low brow thing I want them to make a connection to and successfully, successfully defend at the end of the episode. And they'll do that and I will see if they uh, pass or if they need to come back again and, and work on it. Um, and if they blow me away, they get an honorary doctorate. Um, and then anytime I have a guest in the evening, if their episode is two parts, then the data of the part two, when that's published, we will go live and have our Instagram after show. Again, like making sure we're accessing as much media space as possible to just, again, it's like attracting folks and getting engagement and all that. You definitely want to centralize what social, like your media presence, because Instagram as great as it is and um or whoa did I just say it's great is um it's it's the easiest to monetize and and get visibility it's it also has a a it's unsustainable to just keep your business solely on you know um Instagram so um the hope is to have the live shows start on Instagram but they morph into a, a a series on YouTube. Um, and yeah, obviously as things develop, I'll be able to share more, but that's the general kind of like concept I went with it. And so guests will be, the high lowdown will, ha will be around guests between two dumpsters. The after show will be about guests and every season finale, episode eight, there'll be eight episodes a season. Then I take two weeks off and then I start the next season and I will take uh, from Thanksgiving to New Year's, I will take those six weeks off. And then the month of June, from June 1st to June 30th, I will take that off. Um, because it, it's just, again, all of that is to stave off burnout. Um, and having a structure for each season, it helps my, you know, ADHD brain. Then I can solely dedicate 
the creative piece to just in this kind of bucket of, of ideas and inspirations. And then when season finale, it's done. And if there's any spillover, it gives me ideas for if I revisit this theme four, five, six seasons down the line. But we close up shop for now, move on to the next one, and and then we start all over again. But every season finale will be a departure from just the original, just the, the regular concept of guilty pleasure reform, lobotomy of choice um, between two dumpsters after show, and it'll be unhinged cinephile. Funnily enough, I had created, I had taken the handle of unhinged cinephile because I wanted to... Um, have a page dedicated solely to film and TV, but then I created it. I think I put one post um, teasing that it's gonna come out sometime. I believe it was supposed to come out last fall. Um, and then I had a full, full breakdown. Um, and that was a no. Um, so that was my way of honoring that I did wanna just have a space dedicated solely to just my love of film and movies and so every season finale will that film will be tied to the theme of that season so with cinematic universes being season one the season finale will be the cinematic universe of my favorite my number one director of all time across any genre if i had to have one just for across any genre um and so on and so forth that's the structure of each season i'm excited to just I don't know I'm just excited I love you all so so much I am and here's what I'll say I know I've thanked all of you um but I will have to end this by thanking Greg Grippo because August 3rd will be the date that changed my life I he showed his true self and I put my sociological master's degree to work other than wiping my ass with it. Um, and I transcribed, I analyzed his bullshit and I schooled y'all on what to look out for. And if someone's give, you know, coming at you with these semantic strategies and just straight up emotional abuse, just run. It doesn't matter how good he looks. And granted, the dude looks like Shrek. Like, I don't, he looks like Shrek with product in his hair. Like, I don't understand, like, why folks were caping for him. And I don't care where he's at now. So please don't send me any updates. But um, uh, I'm thankful to him because similarly to around summer 2020, when the anger and just things that what I was going through emotionally overrode like my own sense of anxiety that would not allow me to take up space in that way the anger and rage and the shock that I felt of bachelor nation as a whole really sanitizing what this man did and holding Katie to task that will always be one of the most horrific things besides the jump scare of embalmed mozzarella just coming on my screen. Like that will always be one of the most horrific things to come out of that um, psychotic rape machine. Um, but again, like my anger overrode my sense of self-sabotage and anxiety and it allowed me to do that. And thus here we are in August 3rd, 2021. 
This episode will air August 3rd, 2023. And here's to many more August 3rds. Here's to this new venture with you all. I'm so excited. And just because I'm so terrible at sitting on things, I have my venue booked for my first live show February 1st, 2024 in Seattle. So shit is going to be happening, okay? I'm going to be on Late Nights with Seth Meyers. I'm going to interview Casey Rose Wilson and Danielle um, Caroline Schneider. I will uh, create a TV show with Quinta Brunson and Issa Rae. Like, shit is going to happen with this Elevated Garbage LLC, okay? Timestamp it, date it, all of that. And with that, I I leave you all and please enjoy um, episode, the, the first full-fledged episode of the podcast with Chris Mejia. I had a blast. It is two parts. I know you guys are going to love it. And um, yeah, I love you all so much. And I'm only happy when it rains. Feel good when things are good.